Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. Mike Connolly. Hello. And for this special episode, we have Richard and Sean ramirez Matsis. Hello. Hey, Hello. how's it going? <laughs> uh, return <laughs> guests for, uh, well, Connolly, why don't you tell us what we're talking about? Well, we were thinking about what we could do for some October episodes and we thought we'd do something a little different, a little special, and have a horror movie episode where we discuss some of our favorite horror movies, some horror movies we would recommend people watch this October as, you know, I would think that the for the five of us, horror movies are a year-round thing, but a, something about October is just, it's just that little extra. It's the season. Yeah, it's just a little extra special. So we couldn't think of anyone better than to have Richard and Sean return. Of course, on our episode from a few months ago, we had a, there was a little interlude where we started talking movies. So we thought, let's just do a whole episode where we all talk movies. So we each picked two movies and we're going to do a little round robin and, and discuss the movies, maybe introduce each other to some new movies, maybe introduce the listeners to some new movies or remind you to revisit some classics. So I think we have a pretty wide-ranging um, list of movies here. And so I'm pretty excited to hear what everyone has to say and to talk horror movies for October. So why don't we start with Mr. Holger there? All right. Uh, this was such a cool idea you had, Mike, and I took my time thinking in fact I, I picked one immediately and it's the first one i'm going to talk about but i i ran through a bunch of other things before finally setting on my second pick and the the first pick i made was george romero's martin from 1977 uh unfortunately not on blu-ray kind of hard to find on dvd these days that one's and, in Wright's Hell, I believe, which I believe a lot of the Romero movies are, or at least a good handful of them are, yeah. are in Wright's Limbo, if I'm not mistaken. I used to have a great looking DVD, but it's been, uh, over the past 10 years, it has found its way somewhere not in my possession, so uh, not sure what's up with that. But while, while trying to pick movies, I was also thinking, you know, Messiah of Evil was uh, potential. I think we've mentioned that one on the podcast a few times. I absolutely Huge. love that movie. Huge yeah. fans here. Could watch it any day, uh, really, and be happy. Cabin in the Woods. I was going to pick something a little more modern, and I really like that one. It's like a really just a fun, uh, easy to watch movie for me. I like the play on horror tropes a lot. Uh, and then uh, one that I had settled on was uh, Bill Paxton's Frailty, which is uh, a pretty crazy movie and has some things in common with Martin, which is, uh, I think, why it occurred to me is because. In Martin, it's ostensibly a, a vampire film, but in the, you know, I mean, this is 1977, so I guess the things I'm going to mention are actually after it, but they were kind of done in the same tradition of you're never really sure if he's a vampire is sort of how that that movie plays out. And it reminds me of things uh, like a... Uh, Elias, Elias Marriage's uh, Shadow of the Vampire with John Malkovich, where he plays Max Shrek while the, during the filming of Nosferatu is what it's supposed to be. And they all suppose he's a vampire. You know, they think he's maybe a real vampire while they're making this vampire movie with him. Uh, and 
uh, Larry Fassenden's Habit uh, from the mid-90s, which he mm-hmm. has like a one-night stand and then uh, starts thinking he's a, a vampire and exhibiting this behavior. And, and that one's really, that one I would say everyone needs to see Habit, of course. Uh, it's very relatable. Also, yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage in Robert Bierman's Vampire's Kiss, which is like one of the best performances, but the thing where like, He's he again has an encounter and th- thinks he's a vampire and starts acting like a vampire for the entire movie, and you're never really sure if he if he's a vampire or just a little off. So Martin uh, Martin really is like you know kind of one of the first instances, one of the first things that I saw probably of of that style where it's a vampire movie, sure, but it's not because he uses uh, he injects his victims before he does anything with them and he uses razor blades. He doesn't have fangs. He's not gothic wearing black. He goes out in the sun. Uh, they show he's not afraid of garlic or crosses or whatever in it. And, and he goes to like stay with his cousin who's much, much older than him. And his cousin fully believes and refers to him as Nosferatu. And this is, you know, this is the first couple of minutes. All of this happens. Um, and, there, there's these sort of fantasy scenes you see even in the opening, kind of in the first uh, kill that he makes that is really, um, it's in black and white, like he's about to kind of break into a room, but he sees himself uh, being welcomed in and, and uh, by a, a woman who wants him to come in, you know, in like a nightgown. And the the fantasy scenes are in this soft black and white, and so are the sort of flashback scenes where they show basically, you know, like hundreds of years ago, him also in these things, and you're not really sure if they are flashbacks or fantasy mm-hmm. remembrances or, you know, what his sort of crazed brain is telling him. So, uh, I don't know. This one, I just rewatched it, uh, as I did with both of my picks, and it still stood out to me as, like, such a cool story. And not going to spoil the ending, <laughs> but I think the end is really, uh, just really fantastic and perfect way for the whole thing to play out. You guys seen uh, seen Martin? I'm sure. I've seen Martin years and years. I mean, it's been it's been a long, long time since I've seen it. Um, like probably teenage years since I've seen it. Um, but uh, but but it's something that I've been waiting to revisit it because on the, on that home video thing, um, the British company that did the fantastic "When a Stranger Calls" um, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm has been um it's been on their list as far as something that they're going to be releasing um yeah coming up oh yay uh, oh, we, were, we were looking forward to getting that and that's when we were going to go like revisit that but oh wow uh, uh but yeah and I, I can't think of the name of the company but uh but they did a really really good job with one of stranger calls and and richard's gonna check it oh, but, cool. um, okay. definitely yeah. So, yeah again a long story short, no, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. But I do remember liking it a lot when I was younger. Yeah, it's just a different tale. Connelly's, what about uh, what about you guys? You showed it to us, and you may really? I, you may or may not remember this, but <laughs> yeah, back when so. we first moved to Michigan, you came over and we watched it together in our first apartment in Ypsilanti. So it's That's been so like been seventeen years. Seventeen years or so. Yeah. So I remember loving it then, but I really. I, and, and the main thing I remember is the whole. You're, there's, it's never clear if he's a vampire or not. Yeah. But I, yeah, and, and I, I, there's images I can kind of remember. I can remember syringes, but overall, 
I'm very excited to revisit it. Richard, yeah. did you did you uh, see what label's putting it out? Second Sight. Second oh, cool. Sight. Cool. Okay, cool. Yay. Very cool. Uh, awesome. I will That'll be great. absolutely buy this on Blu-ray whenever it drops. It is... Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be cool out this one. year. Like I thought it was supposed to be out either next month or in November. Okay. Oh, like, great. I can't remember if Second Sight does those all zone Blu-rays or if they are zone two, but um if they're zone two, here's a good excuse to get an all zone player. So Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We will we will we, uh, uh, we we find a way to make it happen. Them. Yeah, we tear right, through right, them yeah. real fast. <laughs> Some movies I'm waiting, I'm like, it's going to get like a Region 1 or Region 0 release. Like yeah. uh, we talked, right, I think, right. about uh, Della Morte, Della More. I'm there's a, there's a Region 2, but I'm just like holding out for a, a nice Region 1 thing to happen. But uh, I, I'm also, I can play whatever. <laughs> so right. I don't know why yeah, I hold yeah. out. It's just a, a weird mental thing. I want the, the one for here. We buy a lot. We buy a lot of like, <laughs> like Arrow UK and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so... So yeah, it's, it was it was a good investment for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, my mine won't play certain things. Like it won't play uh, Shameless Blues, but oh, it wow, will really? play. But I can play like a, you're wearing an Enigma shirt, and I have uh, was eighty eight films. I have their Enigma, and it plays fine. So oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Strange, strange thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought some of those 88 were zero or, or, or zone zero. Or also, some of but, them are. Yeah. yeah I think Enigma like, is two though. Yeah. It's, okay. it's region two. So it's like aging CDRs. You never know. It's like <laughs> yeah, a 50, yeah, 50 shot. Know. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised occasionally. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll move on from my picks to, or my first so pick. Mar- Martin, fantastic pick! I love, I love that you picked that, and I do associate mm-hmm. the movie with you because because like we said, watched it together. You showed it to us. So. I, when I made my second pick, I was like, "These are such me movies." I feel like <laughs> uh, in in a certain way, you know. And uh, one of the things that was kind of conscious when I did it, and uh, a lot of the things I, I listed uh, are American movies, and there's of course a lot of focus on like class, you know, European horror and stuff, and. I just kind of liked the idea of uh, these these two American horror tales that I picked. So that was that was a little bit in the mind. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Sean, what's uh, what's one of your picks? My picks are very me, too. For my first pick, I went with uh, Norman J. Warren's Terror, which is a great vinegar syndrome. Blu-ray of that. Also uh, part of part of uh, what made me think, well, this is appropriate for this particular thing is the indicator just did a full-on Norman J. Warren horror for, um, films box set pretty recently that's got Terror and Satan's Slave and Prey and Bloody New Year. I was considering Bloody New Year for this discussion, but I, I just went with Terror. So Terror is is, is like a full-on post-Suspiria um, is what I would call it, a horror movie, because uh, Warren and uh, the producer that helped him uh, with making this both uh, uh, cite Suspiria as the the key factor to um, how they approached this movie. And that goes to, it's a movie that they decided didn't need to make a lot of held together narrative sense as long as it felt like it was, it was uh, uh, like it was working on its own logic. And this this movie definitely works on its own logic. Uh, very, very, very odd little film. It's a uh, witch's curse, a generational witch's curse uh, movie that's uh, that's that's plaguing the family. Starts out with this great like period sequence with the with the witch burning and um, uh, and the witch making the curse, 
the curse starting to work on the family, but then that's shown to be a movie inside the movie that's being made by one of uh, one of the descendants of the family that's cursed, or is it? Because later on, the same witch from the movie inside the movie shows up as the physical embodiment of the witch in in the real world. It's 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 a it's a strange little film. One of the things that uh, I was I was watching a little interview with uh, Norman Warren where he was talking about that they just sat down and wrote like. What are the the really cool tropes that we like to see in horror movies? Like you know, mm-hmm. like a woman's car breaks down in the middle of nowhere, and she and she wanders to an abandoned house. And so they made this big list of things that they wanted that they like to see in movies, and then handed it to their scriptwriter and said, "You think you could work up something that would uh, that, that would incorporate all of these elements?" And uh, <laughs> and that's what he did. So he wow. just kind of tacked together the script to go from set piece to set piece. And uh, wrapped it in that, you know, supernatural witch's curse. But and just my little description of it does not really do justice to the wildness of this movie. Have Have any of you actually seen it? I have not seen it. So we just finished watching. We watched it. it we today. watched it right before recording <laughs> yeah. this, and had not awesome. seen it, had not uh-huh. heard of it. We loved I it. It was so it. up our alley. Yeah. But your description now, even the idea that they just came up with these ideas. That makes so much sense. Totally absolutely. Sense. It's absolutely perfect. Once you, If you know that, that's it, it, just, it makes the movie make perfect sense. I'm not one that requires that a movie make perfect sense as long as, that it, as, long as it works for me. I think it's a, a, a wonderful little, uh, little movie. And I, I think that Warren's amazing. I guess he started out as a um, softcore director at one point, and, and then uh, they decided that they could uh, make a little bit more doing horror exploita- exploitation films. And yeah, I mean, every one of those films that are, that are his, his horror uh, films are, are absolutely fantastic. Prey's really great. They all get this like, like nasty nihilistic streak. Uh, that's kind of perfect 70s British horror um but unlike uh unlike pete walker who's nasty nihilistic and just like i love his movies but they're not necessarily what you would call fun movies exactly mm-hmm. warrens are a blast they're they're so weird they're so bizarre and they're just so much fun that you you, you just i i love it I love it when things are supernatural, but like actually supernatural. And, right, and that right. has that yeah. element like where, you know, I mean, you know, and there's I don't there's, want to spoil anything, but it, it's right. pretty obvious the whole thing. And, and the stabs are just so brutal. Yes. And there's some great effects. Yeah, that, there are great effects. They keep doing those foot stabs. I, I, I when, it, yes. when I first wrote a little tiny review of the movie, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that it has more foot stabs than any movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because, and I mean, what else do you really have to say? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A shallow stabbing in your heel, like, oh, right. that's awful. <laughs> I really like the idea of sort of like a Mad Libs or like checklist of things you want in your horror movie. Right. In fact, uh-huh. there should maybe we should work on a, a zine of all the different tropes we like, and then you could just go through and choose, check them off to make a movie. There <laughs> like, we go. Like choose your own adventure. Just a list of great great horror movie uh, it can be a elements spin wheel that you thing. can put in. That's perfect. <laughs> just like uh, the wheel at Tiki T. Yeah, yes. exactly. But yeah, it was, it, and even just the name Terror, that just weird generic great name. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. perfect. I, mean, um, and, and, I love it. And it's it's great because they do do, I mean, you know, they do do all of those tropes and those set pieces and stuff like that. It's also like, it's almost impossible to kind of pin down 
exactly what kind of movie you're watching because it's got those Jalo sequences yep. with, the, yeah. with the black glove stalkers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That I mean, you know, not to spoil too much or really never. But that's all I, was say, I don't but, think you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely mentioned a lot of books about Jalo. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's 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 got it's got that period piece sections it's got the crazy meta sections with you know like the film within a film and it's and it's set set around a film studio and people making a film and stuff like that it's just it's 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 kind of everything that i like in a horror movie kind of thrown into one very cheap exploitation package and yeah i mean i can't i can't make a higher recommendation agreed I, I we took it and we, we appreciate were it. so happy. I hope anyone who hasn't seen that is is gonna go run out and grab it because if you like that description, I mean it's 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 that. I, and I thought one of the craziest scenes was the car the the, the car scene Ugh. because it yeah. is the storm yes. the levitating car. It looked, but it yeah, also looked insane. It looked incredible. It like yeah. At, yeah. it was like how did they do this? Yeah, like, like you're <laughs> actually stressed out by these thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Oh, Wonderful one movie. thing about the car sequence, uh, the, the the sound mm-hmm. while the car is spinning, mm-hmm. I used that in one of my releases of no one of my way. projects called Blackout Order. One of the first releases is having it's that loop over and over again because I thought it wow. sounded so cool. Yeah. Oh. I decided to use it for one of my releases. <laughs> which which Blackout Order is it? The first one. Okay. It's just a uh, and I think you just you mentioned this one, I think, on our episode because this is the one that is sounds from movies. Is that correct? Yes. Is that yeah? I we will be grabbing it immediately after <laughs> yep. uh, yep. recording. So <laughs> <laughs> that's aw- that's so cool that you used it. So Richard, you so you had known this one for a while. Yes. And and, yeah. and Sean, when did, when did you come to it, Sean? Because I had told him about it, and nice. um, so I, I saw it right after the right after the vinegar vinegar syndrome um, yeah. uh, Blu-ray came out. Um, yeah, because I, I had it before. The, mm-hmm. It was a double feature right. with Satan's Slave. Okay. Oh, perfect. And <laughs> then when Vinegar Syndrome came out with it, uh, um, I, I bought it again. So yeah, it's been about maybe a year and a half or so maybe two years i don't know since since we since first, we watched first it. saw it yeah nice. but i've seen it before no, that's yeah. great <laughs> and also a little cool little note gray that you'll dig they're in the movie studio like office there is there's not only a satan slave poster oh. but there's yes. a thriller yes. a cruel picture yes. poster yep. oh boy it looks <laughs> amazing so good well tara why don't you let us know what you your first of two picks were from out of the darkness the redeemer shall appear to punish those who have lived in sin i chose the redeemer from 1978 uh it's a movie that starts with a uh an adolescent boy rising out of the lake and he possesses two thumbs on one hand uh and then he possesses a preacher uh, and and then uh, all the fun ensues. Uh, the alternate title for this is the class reunion massacre, um, because <laughs> because the you know the the murderer sets up a false class reunion to avenge his wronged let's say sense of um, right and wrong. <laughs> uh, people are slain for licentiousness, for avarice, for gluttony, for perversion, for debauchery. <laughs> Debauchery. We would all be 
Oh my god. Really gone. They, I'm this, just like they, seriously. The Redeemer guy? would not like any of us. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> you can find a good reason for everybody. Um, but you know, it's got supernatural elements, but it also has that um the fun, like moralistic justified killing elements. Uh it, it also is um very much tense because you're watching people get picked off one by one in a group setting so you never know who's going to go next it's one of those things where people make confounding decisions to separate and go find something in the basement and you know (laughs) I'm going to climb up this ladder with this knife in my hand and then you go in the basement where nobody can hear you Um, it's one of those things one after another where people are picked off and you you know there's no mystery about who the murderer is um, which I really appreciate Um, but the murderer is really um injected with some fun because he is really into theatrical devices so he before he slays somebody he likes to don a fun accent or maybe um, a different outfit this also uh, has elements of the supernatural where um, he can make marionettes murder and dance around while he's preaching to his um, you know misguided parish of people waiting to be slain it's a great movie it, I love this one. Have you guys seen this one? I have. I have a oh. long time ago, <laughs> and we do have it. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it, but I don't. I don't remember a lot of it because it's been such a long time since I've seen mm-hmm. it. But we need to rewatch it. Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, you haven't seen it, so we need I to check it out. I have seen this one, and I also don't remember a single thing about it. I saw it on the Connolly's <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, and I. I was like, "What? What is Tara talking about?" And then she said, "Class reunion," and I'm like, "Oh, that movie!" Yes. yes. But I I remember I had a f- super fun time watching it. Like it was it was good and and like really entertaining. But I don't remember anything about it. I can watch it again and it'd be like the first time, which is you know it's always fun when you you get a chance to rewatch a movie you've already seen and you don't remember anything about it. It's one of those movies where you, when you're watching it, you you would think it's like four or five different movies because there's so many bizarre elements to it. Like, it's like almost four different movies from, you know, even the supernatural setup, like showing this like mysterious man with two thumbs. Like, I I even looked it up. Like, is is it a thing? Like, yes. Um, Having a duplicated thumb is considered on the right hand to be good luck and on the left hand to be bad luck. So this wow. evil two-thumbed element um, of the supernatural was really fun. It looks like that. <laughs> ah, yeah. But Tara, what's your favorite? What's your favorite kill in the movie? Oh, um. Well, I was really happy that they didn't kill the pigeons that were hanging out. Um, I would say there's a there's a clown attacking a woman. Yes, there it is. <laughs> there's the cover. It's so good. Um, a, a woman is drowned in a filthy bathroom in a shallow sink by a by a murderous laughing clown, uh, and that yes. one always gets me. It would be a really horrible um, way to go to have your, you know, head um, bashed on a porcelain sink and then drowning in you know six inches of tepid water. <laughs> it's a it's one of the meanest kills. It's brutal in any slasher, and. This also has that washed out look. It's a daytime slasher. Like daytime <laughs> slashers are yeah. always just like unsettling, you know, and it, and it does have that. It's 78, but it still has that very, very faded appearance. So like everything's kind of 
you know, brown and autumn autumnal colors. When I think of daytime slashers, I guess two, and maybe I'm misremembering two things pop into my head is kind of the ones I saw when I was younger and may, and again, this could be completely wrong, but, uh, April fool's day and Saturday, the 14th are those are both daytime, right? It's been so long. I I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. I, right. I mean, I, I feel is it is it is the burning basically daytime or is just yes. the best the best sequence Absolutely. in the burning? No, I think actually the yes. burning is daytime. The only thing that happens yeah. at nighttime is sort of the prelude uh, section. Yeah, that's that's what I yeah. thought. I, that's, yeah. So like the first thing that popped into my mind when the daytime slasher came up was was the burning. So yeah, yeah. Oh my god, when they're on that raft being picked yeah, off, it's like the most scene. amazing scene ever. <laughs> Jason I mean, Alexander's luxurious head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I should mention, uh, you know, effects by Savini in the burning. Uh, also, uh, yeah. also in Martin, yeah, and Martin. he also has a small role in Martin, which is uh, pretty amusing. So, the, 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 do you remember? Do you remember that the there was the there was the I think it, I think it was like a Fangoria presents Tom Savini like like special videotape that was um, him talking about how he did like a bunch of those like great kills and that. Um, the, the the finale of, of Martin is shown in detail and how he how really? accomplished that. And stuff oh, like I want to see that. I don't remember it. Was it was really cool. Like I think I think I had it on beta when 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 I was a kid because <laughs> wow. our first player was, 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 was beta here. Um, but yeah, it was like this. It was I, I think it was like a Fangoria presents thing. I could be wrong about that, but it was like a ninety minute like Tom Savini just like like effects reel. Talking I'm gonna about track it. this it down. Amazing. amazing. I watched. I watched it a ton of times when I was a kid. Well, I know our <laughs> copy of The Burning has an ex like Tom Savini. It does have know, a good f- feature on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Redeemer also is reminiscent of Slaughter High because mm-hmm. it's also a strange class reunion where there's six oh, people, six people <laughs> coming to the reunion, and it also has this kind of washed out. And I think both Redeemer and Slaughter High kind of have a mean streak. Yes. Yeah. And and it's true. And like, but it, you do have likable characters, but at the same time, it's, it's great. And that you can see why uh, he'd want to pick these characters off um, because they, they show their flaws and you're immediately like, that guy's got to go. There's one man just eating this enormous bowl of ice cream for like 30 people. And you're like, he's got to go first. Just shut this guy up. Get out of here. Tara wanted him gone. I'm, I'm like, just get him out of here. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the mean spirited movie. So yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> you're 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 selling me on yes. all of this. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. you're cheering them along like, yes, please. Get Has anyone out. here ever been to a class reunion? No. No. it's shocking to me that anyone would. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just did a really weird uh thing. I found a demo tape from a band I went to high school with and tracked down one of the members and, and got in touch with them on social media. And I don't, after I did it, I was like, why did I do that? And I haven't, we haven't contacted, wow. communicated at all. It was just like request sent approved. And then I was like, ah, there's nothing actually I want to talk to you about. I'm sorry. I was having like a weird nostalgia, like 2am thing and I'm done. 
That's dangerous, so, Craig. That's about as close as I would ever come to uh, to any sort of class reunion scenario. Like the Connellys won't go camping. I'm not going to a class reunion. Nope. <laughs> no. Hey, look, we've seen the Redeemer. We've seen Slaughter High. We we've seen lesson. Friday the Thirteenth. We're not going camping. And we're not going to class reunions. And if it's a class reunion that's camping, oh God, <laughs> no. Forget about it. No. I, 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 <laughs> I wish that a random slasher was the most terrifying thing about a class reunion to me. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. Yeah, that might make it more fun. (laughs) It would. (laughs) Awesome. Richard, you are up. We must know. Well, first I want to talk about um, the film From the Dark, which came out in 2015. Uh, It's an Irish film. And it's about a couple that are going to visit a family member, right? Uh, you know, it, it's. I, I'm not sure that I'm 100% short, certain what exactly they're doing. It's one of those movies that doesn't spend a lot of time on the character right. setup. They're going somewhere. They're on their way somewhere. <laughs> and they're out in the country. And while they're out in the country, um, they don't know that where they are about to end up um a farmer has unearthed a vampire and so it all takes place in one location in this farmhouse um and what i love about the film is not only the vampire you don't really see them that well um you don't really see him it's it's very filmed really um and it's really dark the setting mm-hmm. is really dark and i just think that there's only four people in the whole film and for having such a minimal setup i think it's a really great film i think they executed it really well it wasn't cheesy you know again the premise is that they're trying to they figure out that light is what uh, is you know, what bothers the vampire. Mm-hmm. So therefore they're trying to figure a way how to get out of there with trying to figure out how to have light in order to, to get out of there. Yeah, it's, it's very much one of those, like, it's almost, it's almost like a quest to find a plug. Um, and, and that sounds, <laughs> that sounds kind of weird, but like, like, like to move from one place to another, yeah, to from, find a way to move right from one, room, from one place to another, yeah, to, to another, because all the, the, um, the farmer that unearthed, the vampire, uh, which again, I'm not going to give away too much of it, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of light bulbs in the house. So when they find a, a lamp, that's their main source of light. And for them to try to figure a way to get from room to room, um, and then as they get from room to room to figure out how to get out of the house and escape uh, becomes the issue. And so it, it's it, it may sound silly to some people, but I mean, I thought it was a great film. After I saw it, I, I mean, I really loved it. And it, this came out in 2015, um, which is when we saw it. Right, right. And um, yeah, believe it or not, it's one of those things that we found like really cheap at like just yeah, just we, a, a we found it really store, yeah, we found like, it really cheap. Cool. And I just thought, well, let's try. I think it was on like six bucks. Yeah, or something. I was thinking it was like a five dollar bin thing. We something. just. We got it, and it was great. It was a great film. Um, I don't think a lot of people talk about it, um, but I think a lot more people should see it because 
it, the setting of it, I mean, it, it's so dark and gloomy and uh, like, again, you really don't see the vampire very well. I think in a way it, it his figure kind of reminds me a little bit of what's the name of Salem's Lot. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's similar to Mr. Marlowe from Salem's Lot and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes really good use of all of its elements. It makes good use of its location. It makes good use of that conceit that, that you know, like they have to be in like that one area where they have the light and stuff like that. Um, and the whole thing with the light being able to, to, to protect and chase off the vampire. The vampire is amazing. Yeah, you only really see a silhouette most of the time, um, but that silhouette is is awesome. Yeah. And yeah, and the creature design is great when 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 you see it, but you don't ever really see it in full light, which is perfect. Right, yeah. Um, you know, it makes it makes it. You just get a slight glimpse of him. Everything works really well with it. And yeah. We just we just revisited it a couple of nights ago, and yeah, it 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 holds up. The it's acting really is cool. really good. Yes. I mean, it's. I think it's very overlooked. For a modern film, I think it's probably one of my favorite ones uh, that I've seen in the last, I would say, 10 years, if not in the last five years, for sure, uh, on my top list of, of modern horror films. A Salem's Lot comparison goes a long way with me because that's one that I hadn't really uh, seen when I was, well, maybe 20 years ago, I had, I read the book and then I saw the movie and the, the original Salem's Lot is... I haven't seen the miniseries thing they did with it, but the original uh, Salem's... No, it, is, it was a miniseries, right? TV miniseries. Yeah, the original the, one was mm-hmm. this miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, sorry, yeah. I was uh, confusing. Yeah, so, totally but, we were working in uh, television there. So. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love Salem's Lot as well. Yeah, it's really, really great one. And this, the, the book is really excellent, and the miniseries they made was actually really equally yeah, I, good I, I for think, the story. I think the book Salem's Lot is, is just... Uh, that's... That's one of the 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 great like like haunted. I think it's I think it's so much. I mean, the thing that I like about the book over the movie is that it's so much larger scale than uh, than what the movie even manages yeah. to be. It's 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 like I have a I have a like hard time deciding if as far as like classic seventies horror novel goes, whether Salem's Lot or Ghost Story are my absolute favorite. And they're very, very similar movie. I'm not movie books, um, in that it's that that whole like a town besieged books and stuff like that. But both of them are just masterpieces of uh 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 that that the horror novels. So Yeah. Yeah. Salem's Lot is is a really I haven't read Ghost Story. Uh maybe I should yeah. maybe I should do that. Oh, Salem's Lot is, I, that's what I generally call my favorite horror novel. Okay. Yeah, that Straub is a great, great author and um I mean just as a writer, period. And that book is it's fantastic. But yeah, I mean from the dark, it, I, I really like um it's a it's 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 a kind of it's a pretty unique take on on the vampire, um or on on vampire uh movies and tropes and stuff like that. It is completely devoid of any of that popularized um uh romantic vampirism like this vampire is a monster and that's all it is it's a, it is a it is a full-on monster it, it puts me in mind of like um lumley's necroscope vampires where there's there 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 it's 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 more like you know a force of nature like uh, or something like that than uh than than any than any kind of um you know frilly collared uh dracula vampire <laughs> I'm excited to check out From the Dark. We have not seen it. No. 
Now, we are guilty of ignoring most modern things in general, yep. but horror movies for sure. Gray is much better at dipping into checking out some newer stuff. Are you guys, do you guys normally watch modern stuff or did this just happen to be an anomaly? We watch we watch modern stuff a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's I, a lot that we don't like. Yeah, um, I, I think it's <laughs> rare to find some good ones in there. I don't know. It, it, for for <laughs> for me, I, I feel like like the tens were kind of a like a golden age of uh, of, of of indie horror at least. Yeah, I mean, oh. um, yeah, yes, certainly. There's probably not a lot of great stuff coming out of the mainstream, but right, exactly. there was some. Fantastic more independent ones, of, I think, yeah, are the ones um, that I've been more impressed with. But as far as like big studio, not so much. But um, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not too fond of like remakes and things like that. Right, um, I think exactly. we can all agree. And, yeah. So, but I, I do give the modern horror films a chance. Um, but uh, you, you approach with caution, right? <laughs> Uh, are you guys fans of uh, late phases? You know, so late phases was there was a um, trailer for late phases on from the dark, and um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I, I've heard a lot of people like this and stuff, but um, uh, and kind of got a little excited it. about it. Richard really loves werewolf movies, though. So I do. That's, a, that's yeah. like one of Richard's favorite creature genres. Yeah, so. I would say late phases is one of those other modern horror uh, things that that took me by surprise and is a cool, unique like take on the story. So I, I would give it a recommend yeah, if you haven't seen out. it. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Noonan, I'll watch him in anything. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely excited to check out from the dark. Do you, you said you got, you got the, you got a disc of it. Yeah. Just like random find, uh, just a while back. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a, a very good random find. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it really inexpensive online. Heck yeah. We're going to be taking that recommendation. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, my first pick is... Oh, yeah. An old classic, as both of mine are. Uh, But I went for 1981's The Prowler, one of the great slashers from the golden age. The golden golden year... (laughs) I love this one so much. I love the opening. This opening in 1945, the, that whole first segment mm-hmm. is so cool. You, it's something you just never see in a slasher, or very rarely. Just a great period setting, and then of course you have one of the greatest slasher masks outfits of of all time in with. His his army, uh, you know, fat- fatigues and the and the mesh shirt and the helmet. It is terrifying. Uh, then you get the pitchfork, which is just a rough way to go. And and then you know you come back into you you got to jump in time. Of course, it's been so long since the first kill and graduation days here again. Everything should be fine, right? Of course. We're just having a great time. Have our big dance. That's right. Have that big graduation dance. It's what we all do. Yes. Uh, This is filled with, and I think an important thing, especially with 80s slashers, to me at least, is likable characters. And the, the, the main characters who you're going to watch get 
picked off. I love I love liking them, and I and I like when they're likable, and they're not something that did kind of happen into the later the '90s kind of quote unquote revival. Is you would get the kind of bitchy characters or the just a little meaner characters, and I like the '80s characters where they're just kind of they're just normal they're likable we mentioned the burning i think some of the most oh. likable characters in a slasher Every one of them yeah uh, but the, but the prowler just has great is a great atmosphere to it the the all the all the kills are great the pool kill uh, the the initial ones in the in the shower i mean they're vicious and we we also mentioned tom savini Yep. yep. <laughs> did the, did the effects for this? Back to Tom, Savini. Tom Savini and and actually, I believe Tara, the feature you were referencing is the feature on the Prowler. There is a feature uh, on the Burning too. Okay. But this has like fifteen minutes of kind of camcorder footage of the special effects and yeah. him doing the all the kills and stuff like that. They're great. Yeah, you get to see him like actually doing the stab with his hand. You know, yeah, crafting right. the yeah. shots. Um, there. There are a there are two sections in the prowler that there are two kind of slower sections that do happen, and I think part of that is the, some of the pacing of older movies. I think we're all very used to that pacing. There, there is yes. there is actually a point where <laughs> there's a phone. There's, they're trying to reach somebody, and the and the guy who's taking the call. It feels like it's about fifteen minutes long. I love that. That yes. in no way yes. bothers me, but it does. The pace does get a little strange. Personally, I like. I settle into it. I enjoy it. You got some plot, but there is yeah. a, that strange phone call that does take a long time. Actually, the other movie that I was going back and forth with between the Prowler it was Final Exam. I love Final Exam. And that has, that has, I think the last time we watched it, we timed it. I do think it's an hour of no killing and just yeah. hanging yes. out. And I love the hanging out with Wild Man and Radish. It is. We just want to hang out with them. That's yeah, all. We're good. Yes. Uh, so yeah. that was the two I was going to pick. But the Prowler to me, just that that his mask and helmet. The other movie that this reminds me of that I I was I would pick, but I would say hang on till February to watch it would be My Bloody Valentine. Oh my god, absolutely! Yes. Oh, hand in hand, movie. these two with yes. the, so good. the kind of the the overall feel of them. And if they weren't both 1981, you would kind of say one ripped the other off, but. But they both they came well, out the same year. The thing is, I saw both of them in a, a double feature. Uh, there was a, a cinema uh, near our house that on Sundays they would do double features, and I saw the Prowler with My Bloody Valentine. And, wow. uh, Amazing. But it, it, yeah, I think the the look of the killer both in the Prowler and My mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine, I think, are one of the best looking. Yes. You know, costume. And the other thing that 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 kind of that that this shares the my bloody Valentine shares the Prowler. You're talking about the likable characters in the Prowler. Yes. My mm-hmm. Valentine. Yeah. Like, oh the, God. The, yes. The characters are so likable in that movie yeah. that it's just like a, and the fact that it is so brutal and like 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 mm-hmm. everybody is. Um, uh, well, this thing in danger in that movie, <laughs> yes. like, like some of those kills are a gut punch yeah. in, in My Bloody Valentine. 
just because you do like those characters so much. And yeah, the Prowler kind of feels that completely uh, can 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 say that yeah, those two movies feel like they're cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. I think with My Bloody Valentine, I think that um, that is probably the setting of the film is probably one of the most scariest because the idea of you know oh. being trapped in a mine yes. and trying to figure a way out of it. I think the concept is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. the setting for that film, I thought was great. Wait, so, but, so you're, 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 you're going to, you're going to say that, that, that it works better in my bloody Valentine than in the Boogans. Oh, Boogans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it works just a touch bit better. <laughs> um, um, well, I, I, you guys have the right to be wrong here. Yeah, yeah. But, but also with My Bloody Valentine, an important thing to note is you have to get the, well, there was a new Blu-ray that just came out. Yes. But before, yeah. I think Screen Factory did it, but before that, Lionsgate did the Blu-ray with the added gore in it. And it is... It's the, so brutal. Watching it like, without it's that, there, it's almost a bloodless movie. Yeah. And then watching yeah. it with the extra gore. And the Lionsgate one is... They, they only had a certain type of... Um, I can't remember the negative that they had or whatever. It's it's very clear when it comes in. It's very grainy. It's kind of like the Wicker Man when they, with the added footage. But I'm pretty sure I heard the Scream Factory new version is almost seamless. Oh, I don't wow. know we if you got the Scream Factory one. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But, well, maybe yeah. you gotta, almost uh, February. Yeah, fa- you gotta wait. You gotta wait you got till February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple months. Well, you know, <laughs> Valentine's Day. We're going to be doing 31 in, in October. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe we will wait, wait until Valentine's yeah. Day. When yeah, you're doing yeah. an October list, I, I tried to do this last year and I didn't really succeed. Do you make a list of what you're going to do or you just go by feel? No, we just go by feel. We go to yeah. yeah. I feel like I a list would help me. Pause and look at stuff and see what we feel like watching that there, there are so many here waiting to be watched. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah, I've actually imagined many times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also with the Prowler, a a noise connection to note is a recent skin crime tape, Legacy of Blood, uh, features art and references to the Prowler, and of course, uh, Richard and and Sean, obviously two of the biggest noise. Uh, horror and movie fans. Of course, we have to shout out uh, Patrick O'Neill. Uh, he is a giant, giant horror fan, and I, I, I gave him a rundown of some of the movies we were doing, and he was in- excited to to hear it. And of course, he said, "Cannot say enough good things about the Prowler." So, uh, shout out to Pat and uh, and anybody who's a fan of polyester dress sets, like if you need it to match like a tube top and a jacket, you got that in the Prowler. <laughs> Whoever styled it, they killed it, yes. knocked it out of the park. Absolutely, <laughs> heck yeah, great. We are back to you. My good oh, man, yeah. what is your second pick? So, like I said, I, I kind of waffled on these a lot. I had a, a solid list of picks, and I think that any of them would have been things I would love to talk about and share with people. But I went with one that is a movie that I still find scary today. Uh, I saw it probably shortly after it came out in 1990. It still terrifies me, and it that movie is Jacob's Ladder. 
it opens with like some Vietnam scenes that look really crazy. The co- the coloring on this movie is all really good. The Nam scenes in this sort of like weird orange is uh, really cool. The, this like group of soldiers in Vietnam, like there's like a something moving in the trees. There's sort of like a you know a, an ambush coming on. You never really see any enemies, and there's they just some of them start having head pains. And then it launches into like present. This guy wakes up on a train. It was like a flashback dream to when he was in Vietnam, and it's super tense on the train. But then he starts really, he starts sort of hallucinating, and the hallucinations are woven into the movie so perfectly. They happen in like in the beginning of the the um, movie. He's shot, and then like the wake up thing is kind of like right when he's shot. You know, like they they're cut in so perfectly, and they they really fit. And the hallucinations are woven into where you're like never really sure what's going on with it. And it it reminds me of another movie actually that came out I think the same year, which is uh, Flatliners. Um, oh, yeah. I saw. But in doing a little bit of research for these, I saw both of these had been uh, remade in like the last couple of years. They remade Jacob's Ladder and they remade Flatliners in like the last Remaking yeah the last couple of years. Remaking Flatliners was so weird. I never understood that. <laughs> oh, Jacob's yeah. Ladder. That's shocking. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, I have I re- no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I have not seen it, uh, but I did see that there there is a remake, and it was it was from 2019. I think both of them were mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. Um, I knew about and, the Flatliners one, but. I, I that yeah. I like Flatliners a lot too. That's a good weird movie. But this has that like the dark the scenes where there's like sort of darkness. They're really moody, water dripping. Like he gets off the subway, kind of a, a closed exit early on in the movie, and it's it's very Flatliners. The impending doom that they showcase throughout it. But the horrors are like he's on the subway train and he like uh, it, it's almost very uh, Lovecraftian to me, or like a like Dagon or something, where he like, like notices like a tentacle or a tail coming out of like a, a person sleeping on the subway car. He starts to just sort of see these things, and thinks it's related to something he was exposed to in Vietnam. Really nightmares. The, the, he sees people with like no eyes, like their their eyes have been like molded over, or no faces, or people wearing masks that are vaguely human but not with defining features. It, he's obviously going crazy anyway that's probably too much to talk about this movie i really really like this one and the the kind of faceless creatures still scare me and that's been done a lot but in 1990 well, i don't think i'd seen nearly that kind that much faceless beings and I, I i feel like i feel like jacob's ladder kind of launched the um uh the 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 faceless slash rapid head movement uh, <laughs> shorthand for horror. Like that's, that's, uh, yeah, yeah that, that all came out of that. Yeah. I mean, there's no like murders. There's, oh, well, no, a couple cars explode in, in Jacob's ladder or whatever, but like there's no real, uh, there's no real murder sort of thing to it. So it's not, it's not like high stakes in that regard where the, but the terror to me is like hallucinations and people don't believe you and you're not sure what's real and what's not. The movie kind of throws you for a loop. And I think that especially the first couple of times I saw it, I was just like, I hope that never happens to me. <laughs> so that's kind of where my terror comes from on it. There's a few movies that can still scare me. And that one definitely, if I sit down and watch it, can still do it somehow. <laughs> Kyle, you seen you seen uh, Jacob's Ladder? You know, I would have said yes, but then your description of it makes me say I don't know if I've seen Jacob's Chick- chicken Ladder. Chicken wing tentacles. And it, if it'd be one that maybe I saw on HBO in yeah, the summer, was, in the afternoon, yeah. in 1992 it or something like that. It was like a like matinee. That. That's when I saw yeah. it originally. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so I have. Yeah. I I will say I, I'm I'm pretty psyched to watch it 
uh, now with your description. Uh, and I can some handle some Vaseline. So, yeah. Uh, uh, some of the images that, that, that Gray mentions, I mean, that, that, that it is really kind of like, like unforgettable imagery. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty, yeah. it, it, it definitely has that. It was influential. Um, I know it's credited for influencing uh, Silent Hill in the terms of like the faceless yes. sort of creatures and stuff. So it did like it did have influence uh, the, the kind of world he created. One of my favorite things in it, too. And then I'll, I'll stop talking about Jacob's letter. Uh, <laughs> he ha- at one point has like a, a freak out kind of like whatever. There's a, there's an episode that happens and he's sort of incapacitated and uh, there's a, a bell ringing Santa <laughs> standing on the corner. And the Santa comes over to like check on him and then realizes that he's sort of like like paralyzed whatever and uh santa picks his pocket <laughs> and then goes back to ringing his bell yeah. <laughs> and it it's one of those things of craziness because then like he gets picked up by an ambulance and he's in the hospital and they're like oh this guy's got no id nothing and they're, they're like where's your id and he's like pickpocketed and they're like who picked by you santa, santa. <laughs> and you're like oh yeah this guy's crazy you know like he's not he's hallucinating or whatever but yeah. it's like no actually santa pickpocketed him. <laughs> it adds it adds like another layer to it with the other kind of things he's trying to tell people are going on that it aren't really registering so anyway oh, yeah. jacob's letter <laughs> killer killer pick and yes i would say cool gray style picks with yes. martin and jacob's letter yeah, I mean, I, you know, I love Italian horror and and like whatever, but I it's I don't know. Sometimes some of these movies like really some of some of the like kind of weird the off kilter American horror really sits with me sometimes. Heck yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, Sean, you're up. Well, my my next one is super off kilter American horror, and as we've all been discussing, kind of narrowing this list down, there there was there was a short list that was like you know okay maybe this maybe this. I tried to go with something that was perfectly within like what I like, very odd, but not going to be too difficult to deal with for the general. I settled on the child. I believe mm-hmm. it was 1977. Uh, American film. It was uh, part of that. The volume two of the excellent, excellent Stephen Thrower curated American horror project that Arrow's been uh, putting out. And this movie is, it's one of those great things like maybe um, The Beyond or City of the Living Dead where it's, it almost doesn't feel like a movie so much as somebody had a nightmare and it got imprinted on film and this is what you're watching. Yes. Okay. <laughs> It's another one of those great, like, hybrid of a bunch of different types of movie things. It's kind of a a young woman gets hired to be the live-in nanny at this old dark house out in the the country. There's a teenage son and, like, a preteen daughter that is the titular child. She has telekinetic powers, but also can communicate with and resurrect the dead to be her her friends but she he she uses her friends to like basically sick them on people so you know she she has an issue with one of the neighbors so the friends go down and take care of that she has an issue with a local gardener so you know the friends go take care of that and stuff like so it's this really interesting extremely weird hybrid movie it is thoroughly entertaining also of the kind of like bleak 70s downbeat or things that get mentioned on the back of the box that are, that are very appropriate are Messiah Evil and um, uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Oh, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, it's that kind of, of just weird horror. And, uh, and when I say weird horror, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in terms of almost like weird tales, like old pulp horror and stuff like that. It's a lot of, a lot of elements. Uh, there's some, there's some really cool creative gore kills in it. The, the zombies kind of, they're, they're really creepy. They almost fit the Italian zombie mode yeah. where it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a very simple, not particularly complex zombie effects makeup type of thing, but it's really effective and really kind of like kind of disturbing. This is, it's, it's a legitimately creepy movie. It, it, it works very well as both as really creepy horror movie and, uh, and, and really wild, weird cinema horror. And, uh, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's available in that uh, American Horror Project box you know, the first American Horror Project box they did as individual uh, Blu-rays eventually. I don't know if, if Arrow is going to do that, do these as individual, but it's definitely worth seeking out. Those, uh, both of those sets are, are, yeah. are amazing. I really but, love Thrower's, well, his books his, and, his, and his commentaries and like the, the behind mm-hmm. the scenes things that he's been doing so and obviously nightmare usa and i mean those just franco yeah. books yeah. i know we've talked a, a little bit about thomas legati in terms of like weird tales stuff. are you a robert eichmann fan at all i'm an eichmann fan big time okay. yeah. yeah and this this definitely fits there's a there's an eggman-esque-ness to it the thing with the child is i mean it does explain itself a little bit it's it's not quite as ambiguous as like an eggman story but it still has kind of that vibe and just like the sheer high strangeness of it makes any real explanation that you have of it kind of secondary to what you what you actually get get in this movie. It really is a fever dream on film, and it's 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 yeah. it's great. I can't I can't uh, can't recommend something higher. Oh, oh sounds man. good. Well, yeah, I and in, in fact, it wasn't until well, I thought we had seen the child. We both thought we, we had both seen thought the we had seen the child. And it wasn't until today that I realized I was thinking about Axe. The okay, yeah. which, and, and so that's yeah. So I, in my mind, that's what it was. And then I was just quickly kind of. I was like, oh wait, no, have not. I have Sounds not seen amazing. the child. In, in my mind, it? it was Axe. <laughs> so now I am thrilled to watch the child. Your description of it. Again, I mean, it's Can't just it's, it's just kindred spirits here. I cannot <laughs> wait to see this. There is a chapter in Nightmare USA about uh, about the child. So so you know it's the only movie, the only feature from 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 the director. Um, it was a it was a it was a, a team that did that. There, it's the only feature movie that they made. They were working in industrials. It, it's kind of similar to yes, um, yeah. <laughs> we have it too. <laughs> it's kind of similar to the backstory of like Carnival um, Carnival of Souls. Like they were working in industrial films and uh, uh, and and. And felt like they wanted to, to to branch out and do something that might have more, you know, of a commercial thing. So they made a horror movie, and um, and yeah, it's a, it's a wild, wonderful piece of kind of like obscure American horror. It's it's great. And yeah, and we've and we have been mentioning uh, throughout the discussion of the child, the Nightmare USA book. If anyone listening has not picked that up, if it's new to you, if if you're just kind of getting into this style of movie, well, Nightmare USA is a mandatory book Absolutely. to have at all. It should be at arm's reach at all times, along with Bleeding Skull. 
Both those books should just, just always be just with flip you. Flip through them once a day. Yes, should always yeah. be with you. Well, if you if you heard our last episode with Richard and Sean, uh, I didn't own the Bleeding Skull book at the time of that episode, <laughs> and knowing that both the Connellys and the Ramirez Matzises recommended <laughs> this book, mm -hmm. I, I immediately bought it. And Nightmare USA is one that uh, I got back when it came out, and is is one of the most essential. So as someone who listened to an episode while being on it and went out and bought a book that they were talking <laughs> yeah. about. I can certainly say, and also chime in with my recommendation, Nightmare USA is amazing and, and yeah, worth, uh, it is an yeah. essential work. And I, and for a while it was really hard to get a hold of. I, I like, I, I ended up lucking into one at, um, mm -hmm. uh, at a certain point, but yeah, for a while it was really hard to get a hold of. I think that it's a little easier to, to, to lay hands on now. Um, Thankfully, yeah, I think they put it back in. It went out of print. And they put yeah. it back in. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, I think that there's a. Uh, it's 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 been it's been reprinted. So. And bleeding skull has an Yeah, the bleeding skull. Yeah. The new bleeding skulls coming out uh, next April, I believe. The nineties one, right? The nineties. Oh, That's a fun wait. book to read. It is. Like, yeah, it's the hilarious. Is so fun, yeah. Yeah, they're so good at like making their reviews like fun and readable, and yeah. and even when I don't totally because because I don't totally agree with all of their reviews, there are some in there that 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 are are like, oh, you know, I kind of kind of liked that a little bit more than you guys did, but <laughs> yeah, but I, mm -hmm. it's if if <laughs> I feel like I feel like even a bad review is an approval by that book in a lot of ways. Right, and if, if it's, it's in there, it's good. Book, I'm, I'm 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 down to watch it at yeah. least once. So. Yeah, my only. The so sweet, so deadly books. Um, I don't think I have. Them. I don't know. Them. Those are the Jalo. There's three. They're in my cart so because of you guys. <laughs> They're great. They're really, oh, really good. That, damn so, it! Yeah, so it's called so sweet, so deadly. <laughs> I highly oh. recommend those. All right, got all right. right. Got, I'm got to grab them. You got you got some things to grab, Gray. The last time <laughs> we you recommended too. them, I think uh, maybe in the uh, the film group we're a part of was uh, I was like I I'm gonna go buy that. Then I was like ah. I want to get them all, but it's, it's not yeah, cheap. I, think I so. posted up a picture when we got our volume three in. And yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Tara, all right. They're going to get bought. Tara, I think we're back to you. Okay. So the other film that I chose is, is, you know, by a gentleman director who can really create a world that I want to be in that I really like and that's Mr. Jess Franco uh, and this is a departure from you know absolute Euro sleaze into um, the wonderful world of odd slashers uh, and that is Bloody Moon Oh yes uh, <laughs> And if you want to talk about likable characters um, just unusual oddballs uh so this 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 movie is about a, a group of um ladies who are attending the international youth club boarding school of languages <laughs> you know you know like we all do of course they are uh, for gals and uh, you know in the meantime there's some some intrigue revolving around a family that owns the school and for some reason it it it, it might serve them if many of the attendees perish. And so, you know, kind of what we're going through is a bunch of ladies trying to like have a fun summer and learn Spanish in Spain while not getting picked off one by one by a mysterious um, murderer 
who may or may not have a really cool scar on his face. So we get to see people um, stabbed brutally. We get to see people attending awkward European discos. We get to see some insane sweaters with like full landscape scenes on them. Um, like really weird rip off blouses that are have money prints on them. You don't know how they put them on because the buttons are like in the armpits. Uh, you can tell what I like about movies, obviously. Um, but uh, I just think that this whole movie is is really, really great. And my favorite character, I think Mike will agree, is um, the, the woman who voiced her over, Inga, um, really did a marvelous job enunciating. For example... You have you have quite a repertoire of chilling tales. I don't tell chilling tales. <laughs> and that is literally what the voiceover sounds like. Uh, the, the whole thing is um, is fun. It's heavily violent. Uh, it's just Franco. You're going to love it. It's sexy. It's fun. It's likable. And and honestly, like, I, I think that you won't. Um, you won't guess what happens in the end. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> Have you guys seen Bloody Moon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we recently saw it. Um, yeah, we, we, well, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, Richard's seen it mm. long before I did. But, man, yeah, I, I, I love it. And it's funny. Mm. It actually reminded me of what the third movie that we were talking about previously was because Bloody Moon has some level of feels like pieces to me. Uh, yes. and, and that was we, one of her I, other that was <laughs> I was waffling. I was waffling. I do love pieces. I love pieces. Mm -hmm. I mean it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a but fetish yeah, murderer who likes a puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> pieces has one movie has two of my favorite taglines. Pieces has it's exactly what you think it is, and you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. <laughs> those yeah. are those are both flawless taglines for a movie. Yeah, two of the greatest taglines in the history of cinema, and yeah, and but yeah, I, I um when you were talking about bloody moon like i was like man it did remind me of pieces oh pieces yes that was what mm -hmm. it was. yeah that's <laughs> awesome but yeah, but it's, yeah it's, just franco doing a slasher it's exactly what you think that a just franco yeah. slasher <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's it's the greatest thing because it's exactly what you think a just franco, franco slasher should be <laughs> At the Euro Disco, they sing a song called Shake Your Baby. Like, that's the shake your baby, shake your baby. And then. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tara, it's called the Disco Club. I'm sorry, it's called the Disco Club. <laughs> and, and it's and got, it's it's got a handmade sign. Yeah. yeah, it's just a room with like stickers for a mailbox that says Disco Club. Yeah. It's great. It's and, and, and also great is the, the Severin uh, DVD or Blue. We actually have the DVD, but it's also yeah. on Blu ray. Has a great interview with Jess Franco. And it is, oh. I mean, he is just so funny. He's so great. Uh, he's, he's amazing. And then we also have to give a shout out to our friend Gary of Animal Disguise and Mammal, who gave us this DVD and, and introduced yes. us to Bloody Moon, which is just, it is truly one of our, it's just in our brains. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah we, we quote it regularly. That's, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good thing to have filling your brain. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't, can't think of much better choices. Franco's <laughs> one of those that. Uh, a lot of his stuff. I okay. uh, I started watching this one, but have not finished it. I got uh, I got distracted and didn't finish watching it. So I'm uh 
I will rectify that. But I've been going through a Franco zone since uh, the Murderous Passions and Flowers of Perversion books. Also by Stephen Thrower, who did Nightmare USA. <laughs> and uh, prior to that, the Eyeball magazine, which was collected by Fab Press years ago. And the Fulci book, uh, Beyond Terror. Um, yep. And was yeah. a member of Coil and uh, had his own project. So you know, for those for those listening, there is there is a sort of experimental music tie in. <laughs> um, well, and, and I well, and I think and I think that's part of why we decided to do a horror episode because I think there is a lot of horror tie ins to a lot of noise mm-hmm. projects. Obviously, I mean Richard probably takes the cake. I mean I I can't I don't know if there's the volume at least. Of of titles yeah. and 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 references and project names, uh, and and that's something I've always I always get so excited when when there's when there's a new one or something. Oh, he's referencing that, and I know Jess Franco. I mean, the uh, Shining Sex just got yes. the Blu-ray treatment, but Shining yeah, Sex yes. is also yeah. also a project. Yep. When and and you know when we're bringing up like you know noise experimental music, let's talk about how amazing. The sound, I mean, the scores of some oh, of these. Oh, I mean, oh, both, yeah, absolutely. Both of the films yes. that I that I yep. brought, that I talked about here. I mean, both both Terror and The Child have these amazing like electroacoustic scores that are just yeah. I mean, they, they're they're weird. They're scary, and you know, some of the scores are as scary as maybe The Child is has, has a really amazing electronic score, and, and yeah, I mean, it's there. I think I think that. Uh, horror films and experimental noise go hand in hand for that reason if no other oh yeah there, there's Absolutely. a part in uh martin where he's kind of uh bungling an attempt due to some unexpected circumstances and the the soundtrack goes from being it's almost played as a comedy and then it goes to this mm-hmm. uh almost like hypersexual like like pounding moaning but sort of muted sound and i was like man the the sound design of this it's like it is it is score it's not supposed to be sound that is uh in, like, the, in the movie like di- diegetic or whatever sound uh yeah but it's but it's such a crazy like thing to pair with it especially after you're almost getting this like farcical you know not yakety sacks like benny hill thing but you get you do get a little bit of this like how oh, they're playing this for comedy just a little bit with the soundtrack but then it goes to like almost a maniacal sex field recording <laughs> vibe on it well, or something. Romero's um, Romero's like music selection. So he used a lot of like library music and stuff like that. But the way that he used it was, was always pretty odd. I mean, like, um, like love it or hate it, but it's, it's, it's a little odd the way that he, that Romero used music in, in those earlier films. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, I, I you know, that kind of thing is, is, has always been kind of the appeal to me, like, you know, for, for, for some of these movies is just kind of like the odd choices and, 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 you know, kind of the, the unsettling use of, uh, of, of music and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know well, we, uh, we talked about, uh, last house on dead end street a little bit in the, the yes. course, soundtrack full of entirely like KPM library oh, yeah. <laughs> music, but still uh, so. just, 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 creepy yes 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 (laughs) one of the most demented creepiest movies well i was just gonna say if if we're looking at noise as expressing destruction i mean like every one of these movies is expressing destruction in its own way chaos destruction it's just you know a different way to explore that yeah absolutely 
Well, Richard, what is your second pick? Okay, so my second pick is Blood and Black Lace by Mario Bava from 1964. Just, ooh, watched a thousand ships right there. (laughs) That movie. (laughs) Um, One, I I love his films and and also the fact that it's a Jalo, but um, it has fashion in it as well so that that's another plus for me um which a lot of giallo films are very much in tune with fashion Mm -hmm. and when you see a lot of them you notice that a lot of high-end designers actually worked with some of these filmmakers um and so blood and black lace takes place in a couture house and uh the models are being <laughs> killed one by one or people are, are associated with some of the models. Um, and I won't go into details of everything, but what I like about the film is again with, with Baba, he's really great with color and darkness mm-hmm. in films, you know, the two and the opening uh, shot um, outside, which I'm, of course is, I'm sure is a studio, but it, it's done so well. He's great with making a studio shot feel like it really is outdoors. And the sound design on that shot is really amazing too, because there's the yes. there's the uh, sign for the uh, Couture House that's right. that's oh, hanging, and it's really in the yeah. rain. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, and I, I love it because again, you know. Jalo being one of my favorite genres of, of uh, horror, it just it has a lot of the staples that you would see in a Jalo film. With you know he's masked, uh, wearing like a fedora type, and you know just and the weapon isn't necessarily the uh, what you come to with razor blades. So it's you know it's um, it's kind of a like a there's the, there's the spike glove. Right, it's like a yeah, spike glove. It's, a, I, it's not uh, quite a glove in this one though. Like in in what Death uh, yeah, Death Walks in High Heels piece. or whatever. It's it's a yeah. glove, yeah, but it's like a right. It's, it's, it's a like different a metal kind piece. of thing, yeah. <laughs> right, but it's it's odd, but it it's it looks some like some sort of medieval weapon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a great film, and I think that again with Baba, it, it's he creates a mood in his films. And a lot of it has to do with just the lighting, yeah. you know, the play with the light and the dark. It, it's just, he's great with it. The colors, his atmosphere, his yeah. use of colors. I mean, like, like I love everything about Blood and Black Lace. That that title sequence where that old fashioned title sequence where where it's got yeah. all of the actors with oh, the you know, yeah. like just the. Sh- I mean, from beginning to end, I think this movie is fantastic. I would say um, uh, that second, uh, the second kill in it to not give mm-hmm. too much away, but the lighting and the set for that one and just the way it's filmed is one of the like best giallo segments in yes. anything because it's, there's so much uh, left to the imagination and left to like wonder. It builds tension by showing you some things and completely hiding others from you in yeah. such a nice way that it's it's really cool. And it, and it, and it, I mean it's it's a high body count movie. It is like it definitely did kind of set the bar a little higher for 
the kind of like graphic violence and gore that you came to expect from like Jalo. And it's just, I mean, it's just wonderful. Yeah, Something I mean, it, good, uh, it's it has all the well, who done it, and you're trying to figure out who did it, and then you know, it's kind of like a double cross and all, all these. <laughs> elements that you know you see in a lot of giallo films um so i mean i that's i I, that's probably my favorite film from him um i mean he has a lot of great films but that's one of my personal favorites for me it kind of plays like a slightly less cynical bay of blood like bay of blood definitely is him continuing on with like the blood and black lace thing from from its use of lighting and color to kind of like the high body count, the the the, the denouement and everything like that. It's just they're, they're very they're very of like like it's 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 the front side of a, a page and Bay of Blood is the back side of that page or something like that. I think I I always feel like Bay of Blood's like a little more uh, graphic and and mean spirited in its violence it's though, right? Yeah. That's that's one of those things about Bava's like I I think. I think Bay of Five Dollars for an August Moon, Bay of Blood, and Blood and Black Lace were like the first Bava things I'd seen, and th- that's a pretty good selection to like feel out the you know the early Giallo styles and, right. and that stuff. But it's when you're watching them, it's so. And uh, this has been said by a million people far more smarter and well versed than me, but the like Argento lineage. Uh, from Bava is like really evident in a lot of these scenes and you really get his use of color and camera, like the, yeah. the, the oh, influence yeah. that had on the, the most popular, you know, the most popular rise of the genre and everything that kind of took from that. Um, yeah. The only thing it's really missing is sort of the Nancy drew, uh, amateur detective element, which I like in a lot oh, of Giallo. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so- I just rewatched this one uh, because I had heard that you were picking it and I wanted to see it again. <laughs> and, every second and uh my girlfriend had not seen it so we were, we were just like yes it's perfect <laughs> so we're gonna throw down a shocker over here from the Connolly compound we had never seen blood and oh, black yeah, lace no. and it's one of those where if you would have asked me i would have totally. said yeah totally seen blood and like of course <laughs> seen five dollars when i was seen yeah. bay of blood seen shock seen bava seen plenty of lumberto bavas yeah <laughs> right? i know the I knew the, the 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 what the killer looked like. I, all this could not believe. We were both like, "Oh, how have we actually never seen this?" <laughs> it was this? so great to watch Whole, for the first time. So I would say this is a perfect movie. Yeah, I would it say is it's amazing, pitch perfect. Everything about this, everything you guys have said, is exactly mm-hmm. how we feel. The the setting is incredible. And of course, Richard, we did, we were joking throughout. We're like, oh, I wonder if this is what like a mad recital. We weren't joking. We're, we were serious. Yeah, we were like, like, I bet this is in, what it's in, like. But in this like, <laughs> va- you know, amazing setting. Because that's what's so great about the Italian movies. They had yeah. access to these buildings and these interiors. And, like and crazy I'm sure studi- and studio villas. stuff as well, obviously. Yeah. But but yeah, we were like, oh, I guess this is, this must be what a mad recital uh, uh, show is like. Is it, is it accurate? Yeah. Is it like that? <laughs> is it that fancy? We're a lot less grand with what uh, we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you but have like taffeta dividers, herons. chiffon? Yeah. <laughs> but also also what I like about it too is that you one thing that is a little different is the, the mask. of you, you do get to see the full killer's with a mask the entire time whereas a lot of times it's just the gloves which is great too of course but I like that you get to 
be with the killer throughout the movie and and it is vicious it's it is the kills are mean the especially the one with the burning one. Oh my oh god, god. Yeah. oh my yes. god yes. and burning your face on a furnace yeah. there, there is while it isn't predominantly the the weapon of choice there is a razor scene in it that yeah. the, yeah. is shot so well that like if you see a still from that you're like you get chills if you like giallo like it's it's such a perfect perfectly framed perfect shot of like a razor being opened yeah. that it is like it is unmatched <laughs> yeah, I absolutely mean, as much as as much as i love argento i always feel like it's kind of a shame that i feel like he gets a lot more credit than what baba does and that's just mm-hmm. that's just criminal because baba was the was i mean that's 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 what Argento was carrying on, not <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Because you do yeah. see that with the, the 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 play with color in in the lighting and so like that, and you you do see that in Argento's work a lot, and you see yeah. obviously where the influence comes from. Well, and the shots. The thing is that you can. I feel like you can see it even if you don't watch Blood and Black Lace. If you sit down and watch. Hercules in the Haunted World and Planet of the Vampires. You're also you're still gonna see oh, yeah, where Argento yeah. took from. It's all yeah. there. It's not just in the like more slashers yalo based things. Right. It's, right. It's pre- it was it was Bava's vision, you know, and mm-hmm. Argento distilled it into this sort of more specific thing. Which, of course, the exploitation times of the '70s, be, you know, being what they were, like it it makes perfect sense. But uh, it's. The lineage is there, even even if it's not in the direct sort of films that you would think that he took from. It's in it's in everything that Baba did. They they all have his touch on that, it. I also feel that uh, his son Lamberto Baba doesn't get a, enough credit for his work, and I think I like a lot of his films too. Huge, Absolutely, I mean, huge yes, fans. yes. When you hear demons, you mostly I think a lot of people thought Argento was the one who directed demons. You know, right, but it's and, Baba, right. And I mean, you know, like just to shout out a little bit, because because like, yeah, I mean, we could we could sit here and talk for an entire episode about how great Bob You know, just to shout out like one more that anybody that's coming to this new needs to see. You have to see Kill Baby Kill. That that movie oh, yeah. is so great. It's it's such yeah. a. I mean, it's 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 a supernatural that you don't get from that title. But it's just such a great supernatural horror film, and it's oh man, one of my favorites. Yeah, I have not seen that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's same thing with the again with the play with color and stuff Mm -hmm. like that in that film as well. And you'll definitely see in that um, uh, certain things like where some of Argento's more supernatural horror, as well as a bunch of other supernatural stuff that came after it, just cribs from that movie in such a huge way. It's it's really great. Yeah, it is. I highly recommend that. Also, have to say the red mannequins in Blood and Black Lace are basically the oh, coolest yes. things. Oh yes. my god, I love them. Yes. And during that during that title sequence, you get little glimpses of the fashion house in such like a really nice way. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to see, when you see it in the actual movie, it's so downright huge and insane and and. Yeah beautifully orchestrated i think those shots are like that's the other thing with the camera too is the way it kind of roves around while they're getting dressed for the fashion show and stuff and moves through these sort of different pockets of the room i don't know it's it just has a different feeling than a lot of stuff it's just done in like it's done in a in a in the bava way yeah and 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 he does a great job at, at portraying 
couture houses as they are. I mean, they are huge and, and they are grand like that. So I, I think that's the other thing is that he definitely captured the way that uh, a lot of the French couture houses actually are. So awesome. I, like, are <laughs> I like the weird, uh, the weird sort of, uh, and this it's, I don't think it's giving away anything because it's mentioned in the first few minutes of the movie, but the like kind of drug, uh, side plot elements of it are really yes. one thing that definitely feels of its time to me. And it's a little, it's a little funny, but I love kind of that aspect of it too. That's, that's worked in a little bit. Cause 1964, I mean, that's like a, you know, it's a, it's a interesting time to plug that into the movie and it, and it works. Well, they described the first gal as lively and lacking discipline. <laughs> <laughs> so after they found a packet on her, <laughs> so perfect. So good. Well, I think the final pick for this horror movie episode is, I think one of the so some of the things we talk about: Bloody Moon, Redeemer, uh, you know, even even parts of Terror. There is this very strange very sometimes it is taking you get your you need to get used to watching some of the rhythms of these films mm-hmm. i think something i think richard and i really classed it up with our last with these last two picks i think something like blood and black lace you could that is just a great real movie. classic <laughs> piece for the eyes it's just a great yes. you know it's 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 all uh, what, what, one thing one thing that I always go back to is something that Lux Interior said about Ed Gein. He said Ed Gein wasn't a good man, but he was a great man. A movie like Blood, a movie like Bloody Moon might not be a good movie, but it's a great movie. Right, right. Whereas Blood uh, and Black Lace, by but, yeah. any reasonable yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. Just yeah. Now yeah. I would. Now I'm going to throw this one out there as being a very good and great movie, and that being. The House on Sorority Row. I love The House on Sorority Row. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is so underappreciated. Yes. So I was happy when you said that that you were doing House on Sorority Row. Yes. And it is just, it's a very unique slasher, 1982. So again, right in the golden Mm -hmm. era, right when so much great stuff was coming out. But there's really nothing like it. Takes place in Maryland. So you get this really, the the house that it takes place in, it's just a really cool, unique setting. Again, you talk about likable characters, even the, even the, uber bitch character you you like her you you know you 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 feel bad for her waterbed uh but you know so you you know you 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 have this great so this you have this great setup where it's the sorority house they're graduating the den mother is just no one likes her she's just so mean she doesn't let them have any fun but this is their last big weekend right they're graduating and really she doesn't let them drink but honestly they're if they're graduating college they're adults they could drink it's not like 22 yeah (laughs) It's all right. Uh, But this also has a great setup for many slashers, the prank gone wrong scenario. We see Mm -hmm. it in Terror Train. We see it in Slaughter High. And we see it in House on Sorority Row. So we see an accidental murder of the den mother. Uh, Or is it? Of course, it's one of these that does keep you guessing. You're not 100% sure what's happening. But the setting is so good. And the actual... 
the actual acting is incredible. There's an incredible mm-hmm. scene when after this has happened, they all, all the, all the women in the movie know that they have killed the dead mother, but they still have to have this party. They have this graduation party, so it's still going on. They can't cancel it. They have to keep it going with the band four out of five doctors providing Wonderful the soundtrack. Band. Such a strange of era doctors. of music. Uh, but I, well, you know, you, you love them cause it's in it. And that's actually, that could be a whole nother episode live bands in horror movies <laughs> neon maniacs yes. graduation yes. day uh house of Anything with the battle of the bands love it. it's gold love it. yeah but but there's this great scene where they're all all the all the girls are looking at each other and it's a one take scene kind of thing mm-hmm. where you see each one of them looking at one of the others and it go, it's going through the party and it's just one of those scenes you're like wow this is just a great scene it's very tense it's very real and everyone's reactions in the movie are also very real their reactions to being worried about getting caught their reactions about what's happening the all the emotions and feelings are very real and they're not even i don't even think they're exaggerated i think they're 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 true to what someone would go through and it's another great thing where like tara says with something like the redeemer or bloody moon where Characters are making really ridiculous decisions. There's obviously people getting murdered, but then they're still going off. They're still going mm-hmm. doing this. House and Sorority Road, the way it's set up, no one actually knows that murders are happening. So they think they're the murderers, basically. Yes. So, they, so they're not worried when they go in the dark basement. They're not it's stressing not, you out. They're not infuriating yeah, you with their decisions. Because their decisions yeah. are would be natural for what they're doing. Yeah. They are unaware of what's happening. Again, the lighting's great. The ending is fantastic. It One is, of the best yeah. final girls, right? It's such yes. an insane it's ending. Perfect. It's, oh, perfect. I mean, perfect. Yeah, it is. It yes. is creepy. It is. Um, it's not what you. What, what? What? It's. It's not what you think. Right. It's mm-hmm. so good. Oh my right. goodness! I can't. I can't express my love about movies. Yes. Yes. And oh. one other thing that's actually kind of goes against something we've discussed is that the soundtrack to this movie is actually more regular movie music it's like orchestrated yes but it also kind of gives it this different unique take that i love i love i love i love the soundtrack there's kind of a there's kind of an old-fashioned vibe to to, to the movie yes i feel like that soundtrack really works well if it's and it's it's old-fashioned in the in the best possible way yep um uh and while at the same time you know kind of bringing those elements into the slasher um, cycle in in a really interesting and creative way. I, I, yes, yeah. <laughs> that scene where they were in the attic. The entire the yeah. entire attic is phenomenal. The just just is to amazing. look at it's, but but it's also not over the top. When you see it, it's not you know it's not like walls dripping blood or yeah, something yeah, sinister right. like that. It's it's eerie just by its mere existence, yeah, it's every, and that's so good. Everything about this movie feels incredibly realistic, yeah. and in in a great way, and in but also not necessarily in a in a way like a don't answer the phone or where it's like mm-hmm. grim and sweaty realistic. This just feels right. what real people reacting the way they would react in yes. this setting. And then yes, the the absolute finale is one of the creepiest things I oh, think yeah. in a slasher. Yeah. It yeah. is a perfect thing. And then one thing I think that is and and I think it's it's something about a lot of 70s early 80s movies is the cover and poster 
while completely amazing, one of the great covers, doesn't necessarily give you a <laughs> sense of the movie. Yeah. It, right. Though, right. though yeah. I love it and I would like a giant poster of this, it's it's not exactly – if you look at the cover – Every time I see it, I'm like, wait, am I thinking of yeah, the wrong so movie? It, I'm like, that yeah. is the movie I'm thinking of. Right? Yeah, so so just – Same with Bloody Moon, though. I mean, it doesn't well, – The, the it's title got, doesn't relate to the oh, movie. Oh, the title, yeah, yeah, yeah. So – Perfect movie, I think, uh, much like Blood and Black Lace and much like a lot of these movies you discussed. I mean, these are all so just I, I would stand by any of them. I stand by ones. The ones I haven't seen, I would stand by them <laughs> from the recommenders because, Absolutely. you know, you got to listen yes. to and and, it, you know, it's October. It's happening. It's time to watch a horror movie a night. So we've given you ten Horror movies to pick more from. than that if you count all the questions. You know, you talk about a uh, uh, prank gone wrong movie too, and I, I actually just watched one the other night uh, when I couldn't sleep. I put Jawbreaker on, and that's another uh, oh, prank, yeah. <laughs> prank gone wrong opening um, movie with uh, you know bad bad results. <laughs> Not quite House on Sorority Row, which I definitely watched on the Connolly's recommendation in the last yeah. like five years. Yeah, it's it's we it's a favorite. We opportunity. I think I uh, think about a year ago, we got to see House on Sorority Row theatrically too. Um, oh no way! At this cool old theater in in um in in Pittsburgh that has a nice Heck balcony. Yeah. So we uh, sat up in the balcony and watched House on Sorority Row. It's, it's wow. exactly what you Oh, that would be awesome. So I good. mean that that's been one of the biggest downers of this whole year. Obviously, mm-hmm. the three of us. There's a number of theaters that play these old movies yeah. all the time. It sounds like Pittsburgh has a great scene of that too. But you know, we yeah, we, we got to good, see yeah. we got to see Friday the Thirteenth three in the original 3D, the original print. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> gotten to see Dorm the Drip Blood in the theater, Sleepaway Camp with Felicia Rose. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Taurus Trap. So it's just like oh. that's been the been a real bummer so not getting things, to yeah. go see some of these movies in the theater because if you yeah. do get a chance, it does make a big difference uh, for sure. Oh, but yeah. of course, most of them, pretty much all the movies we've talked about today have had great Blu-ray releases in recent years. Code Red, Vinegar Syndrome, Severin, Arrow. So you know anyone looking, you you these are these are around. These are gettable and. There's no better time to Except Martin, but soon. Yeah, well, but it's coming soon. (laughs) And like we always, like we always, always emphasize to support noise artists, support labels, buy directly from Richard and Sean's Mm -hmm. Bandcamp, buy directly from your, you know, your favorite artists, your favorite labels. You got to do the same with movies too. These don't. It doesn't just. These don't just get these great Blu-ray releases. They don't just happen. They happen because. We all support. We're all of us fanatics. We're all, we all we need these. We need to have the physical. We need the extras. We need the the it, the booklets, and we and we encourage everyone to do that as well because that's how these are going to continue. And restoring to come film out. is labor intensive. Oh, and I mean, expensive. it's, it's even it's, getting the rights to you know yeah. use the use the print. Yeah. It's wild. So this is we, this is a great time for genre restoration. I mean, yes. like the, the, mm-hmm. the genre restoration labels out there right now, like Vinegar Syndrome, like Arrow. Like yep. indicator, um, they're all doing just amazing, amazing work, and I, I, I can't overemphasize how important it is to 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 support that because without that, a lot of this stuff is it's been in obscurity for decades, yeah, and yes. it's just now coming out, yeah. and it's it's it, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, and without it, how could we get a 
4K Blu-ray of Cruel Jaws. I mean, come on. <laughs> we are supporting Severin. We're supporting mm-hmm. Vinegar Syndrome. We're supporting all these labels. So please do it. And yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for doing oh, this with thank us. Thank you guys. Oh, we are so stoked that you that, that you asked us to do this. I, yeah. when, when you emailed, it was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, it was like, oh, of course we'll do that. That's, there's no question about that. Like, come on. And obviously, just like the last episode, we could, we could just yap for hours. It's this is yep. this is what, what I kind of said um, when we were setting up this episode. Mm-hmm. I said, think of it like an after-show hangout where everyone's just talking about the new things they've got the new blu-rays they picked up so while we can't have shows we can have this and so so hopefully you got a little little glimpse into what hanging out after a show with (laughs) any of us uh sounds like (laughs) i mean i feel like yeah if we're gonna talk cruel jaws aka jaws 5 and talk shark movies I mean, I could, I can go on shark movies. You guys want to talk what? about? Oh, you guys yeah. want to talk about deep blue sea? Let's go. <laughs> Devil fish, the last shark. I mean, uh, shark we're gonna have to there. wait for summer to yeah, roll summer, back around. That's Fourth we'll, of July. Will, and, oh, yeah. is shark season. We'll do another yeah. one of these. Uh, we're, yeah, Fourth yeah. yeah. of July yeah. episode. Uh, shark exploitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Absolutely. What about the Christmas one. We can do oh, oh, believe me, I already was like, Christmas episode, I yes. think we know. Yeah, yeah, Because And excited because one we haven't seen that just got announced is uh, Dial Code Santa Claus. So I am very excited <laughs> Finally to see a that new one. Christmas. I'm very excited to see that one. So uh, I already have a Christmas movie picked out in my head. <laughs> Heck. Yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that we do too. All right, oh, yeah. perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah. All right. I finally know my tune. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can play my tune. Awesome. Maybe well, we, maybe if we have to, there's even a fairly great recent one that we could get into. So awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank um, you. We will obviously be doing this again and again and again. So awesome. uh, thank well, you everyone for listening. Heck. Awesome. Yes, yes. Thank you. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.